According to the Apostle Paul, one thing had to happen before Jesus could return for the church. There had to be first a falling away inside churches. This was not going to be churches where people left the churches. It was going to be a settings where the churches left the scriptures and set up another doctrine contrary to scripture. We see this requirement in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 3 and 4. Paul says, let no man deceive you by any means. For that day of the Lord shall not come, except there come a falling away first. The first thing that had to happen is a falling away in the churches, where the churches would fall away from Scripture. This had to happen. And when that happened, that man of sin would be revealed in the churches the son of perdition, who opposes and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Churches everywhere have fallen away from portions of scripture, setting up other doctrines. For example, what do they teach at the church you attend? Do they teach the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery? That's what Jesus said in Matthew 5.32. Or do they approve adultery? Do they approve this divorce remarriage situation? Do they approve it in their churches? Does that pastor perform wedding ceremonies where the woman has been divorced? Do they set up singles classes so divorced people will have an opportunity to meet other Christians and remarry? It's everywhere. I've never heard this scripture taught in a church group. I've never heard Matthew 5, 32 taught in any church group that I've attended over the past 40 years. Are they permitting divorced women to remarry? When Jesus says if she remarries, she commits adultery. Matthew 5, 32, Mark 10, and Romans 7. Another example of falling away is calling ministers anything other than apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Ephesians 4. They call ministers reverend, and there's no place in the Bible, Old or New Testament, where any minister is called reverend. The Bible says holy and reverend is God's name. They call their ministers priests, and there's no place in the New Testament where a minister is called priest. 
They call their ministers pope, archbishop, cardinal, and such. All of these are falling away from scripture. Another example that is strongly creeping into churches has to do with homosexuals and lesbians. Approving unrepentant homosexuals and lesbians. While the Bible says these are vile affections, Romans 1, I believe verse 26. And in general today, pastors and congregations have failed to correct themselves by the Holy Scriptures, thereby allowing other doctrines to rule over their churches. This sets the stage for the return of Jesus. Jesus could not return until these things happened. The falling away has already happened in today's churches as they have turned from portions of scripture and have set up doctrines opposite to those scriptures. Therefore, Jesus could return any time now. So what does that mean when we say Jesus can return? One thing, the dead in Christ will be raised to meet Jesus in the air, there will be some on this earth who belong to Jesus who will be taken off this earth. The dead in Christ and those taken off the earth, they won't be setting up a church or an establishment on this present earth because after the great tribulation, this present earth will be destroyed by fire according to the apostle Peter. Second Peter 3, verse 10, Peter says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, when the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat? Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, Look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. See, we're going to be taken up into the air. That's very important. That's in uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, that we'll all be gathered together in the clouds, in the air, with Jesus. We're going to be taken to that new heaven and new earth. The Apostle John got a glimpse of it. The Apostle John told about it in Revelation 21. John says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. 
and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. We won't have these same bodies that we have on this earth. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says we're given a new body according to the will of God. We're just not going to look like we do on this earth. This old body is subject to pain and death and sorrow because of the flesh. We're not going to have this flesh in the new body. So therefore we can't have pain and death and sorrow. For the former things will pass away. In Revelation 22, verse 13, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates unto the city, doing his commandments, doing the scriptures, That's what we have to be doing right now. We have to uphold the scriptures. If a church is doing the opposite from a scripture, we have to leave it and cling to the scripture. Verse 15, For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters. The idolaters are the ones in churches who hold on to their own church group and worship it and worship their pastors and worship their doctrines which are not in the Holy Bible. If a church does that, it sets up idolatry and their congregation are idolaters and they will be without at the end time. So for without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Before the current heaven and earth are destroyed by fire comes the wrath of God which is called the Great Tribulation. I believe the vast number of churchgoers will be left here for the Great Tribulation because they are idolizing their churches and casting aside Scripture. Those who follow Scripture will be removed before the Great Tribulation. But you need to know, and we need to know, about the Great Tribulation. 
Revelation chapter 8 through chapter 16 tells this. We will look at some of the things that will happen. And the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. And when they sound, this looses the woes of the great tribulation upon this earth. Revelation chapter 8 verse 7. The first angel sounded and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood and they were cast upon the earth. And the third part of trees was burned up and all the green grass was burnt up. If you've ever been in a bad thunderstorm, you know how terrifying it can be. That's what this is like. Hail and fire. Fire is that lightning bolt. That's the first thing that happens when the first angel sounds. And the second angel sounded. And as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. And the third part of the sea became blood. We see something similar to this today in the Philippines as those volcanoes have erupted and such a fierce, terrifying thing. But in the Great Tribulation, it will be far worse. One-third part of the sea became blood. And the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died. And the third part of the ships were destroyed. Verse 10. And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp. And it fell upon the third part of the rivers, and upon the fountains of waters. And the name of the star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became wormwood, and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. Verse 13. And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, 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 to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet, yet to sound. Revelation 9 And the fifth angel sounded and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them 
was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their forehead. Perhaps you've heard of the mark of the beast. Most of us have, I think. Those are the ones the wrath of God goes after. And to them, to these locusts, it was given that they should not kill the men, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. Now by this, we see, we see this was a five-month torment. So we can tell by this that when these plagues of the Great Tribulation come, they can be going on for months at a time. There is no way to really know how long this Great Tribulation will go upon the earth. But one thing we do know from these scriptures is that men will beg to die and seek death to get away from these tribulations and they will not find death. They will not be able to die. It's such a torment. In verse 6, we read about them seeking death. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. It will be so terrible. It says in verse 7, And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle, and on their heads were, as it were, crowns like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men. And they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates as it were breastplates of iron and the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle this always reminds me of helicopters the sound of helicopters verse 10 and they had tails like unto scorpions and there were stings in their tails and their power was to hurt men five months and they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue his name Polonian. One woe is past, and behold, there come two woes more thereafter. And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay the third 
part of men. In other words, I think it's saying a third part of the men upon this earth will be slain at that time. And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000 thousand. And I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses in the vision, and them that sat on them, having breastplates of fire, and of hyacinth, and of brimstone. And the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions. And out of their mouths issued fire, and smoke, and brimstone. Verse 18 by these three was the third part of men killed by the fire and by the smoke and by the brimstone which issued out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails. For their tails were like unto serpents and had heads and with them do they hurt. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented they of their murders nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. I have often heard pastors teach wrong things. And each time I heard this, I would go away and look in my Bible and see if I could find that which they taught. And it just wasn't there. And each time I would call these pastors the next day and tell them that I had been in their congregation that night when he spoke such and such, and I went away and looked and I couldn't find it in the Bible. And I have asked the pastor, please tell me where it is in the Bible. And every time I've said that so far to a pastor, that pastor has said the same thing to me. Well, I can't remember where it is. And I have said, it's just so important to me know, for me to know where this is in the Bible. Please, would you look it up and tell your secretary where it is and have her call me and tell me? And I've had exactly the same thing each time. From the pastor. They get quiet and then they get very angry and they say, All right, it's not in the Bible. And sometimes they'll say, Where do you go to church? The point is, I'm trying to find a church to attend where they don't do these things. I grieved so much over what these pastors did that they didn't repent and I couldn't understand why they didn't repent until 2016 God said to me 
restraint, and meaning the restraint is gone. The restraint was the scriptures that held Antichrist back from the church, and now Antichrist has moved into the church, and that is Antichrist that I have been seeing where they would not repent. Here in the Great Tribulation, it says they won't repent, even though they go through all these horrible things. Basically, they curse God and blaspheme God, but they will not repent of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. When Jimmy Swigert committed fornication the second time with a prostitute, the report in Wikipedia is that he said to the policeman who picked him up, The Lord told me it's flat out none of your business. That's the report in Wikipedia. Wouldn't repent. The first time he got on television and tearfully said, I have sinned. But the second time he said, it's none of your business what I do. If we are the church, it's everybody's business what we do. For our commission and desire as the church is to live godly lives in Christ Jesus. And we would be horrified to make a mistake as we quoted a scripture, wouldn't we? But these preachers don't. I've seen too many of them. And that's what we read about the Great Tribulation. They won't repent. These are the first things to come on the earth during the Great Tribulation. There are considerably more things. There are still three trumpets yet to sound to bring plagues and trouble. There's also, there are seven angels waiting in the background with vials containing the wrath of God to be poured out on the earth. We're going to look at that tomorrow. In the meantime, what do we do? Paul, Peter, Peter in Second uh, Peter chapter 2 said, Because all these things are coming, verse 14, Be diligent that you be found of him, of Jesus, when he returns. That you be found of him living in peace, without spot and blameless. In peace, the only way you can live in peace is to constantly connect with God, praying over anything that you dread in the future, taking care of it with God. Sometimes God will have you change an appointment. Sometimes he will give you peace about the situation. But he will do something to help you when you pray. Prayer is one of the most important things for us to do in staying connected with God. I know I usually wake up in the morning saying, help me, please help me today, show me what to do, help me, crying out to God. I find I'm often talking with God just as I live through the day. Sometimes I'll see something on television, I cry out to God, oh, That is just terrible, just terrible to to have it come on a television screen. 
I try to escape it. It's often in commercials, and it pops out in the middle of the show without us expecting it. Prayer is one of the most important things for us to do to stay connected to God. Pray without ceasing. Just talk to him as you walk along during the day. Make him your best friend. Then this thing of living without spot and blameless. I don't think there's any way on earth you can sit in a church where they've cast aside scripture and be without spot and blameless yourself. I don't think it's possible. You're going to have to make a decision. I have left many church groups because they began to teach and preach things that were not in the Bible. And in some groups, they taught exactly opposite from what I read in the Bible. And I departed from them. Departing from a church group is very hard because that's your life. That's your social life. So it's difficult to do. But you have to love those scriptures enough to give up your life on this earth. That's exactly what Jesus did. He loved the scriptures so much that he laid down his life. It says, Peter took his sword and cut off the ear of the servant of the high priest. And Jesus healed the ear of the servant of the high priest. And then he said to Peter, put up your sword. He said, Peter, don't you think that I can call upon my father and he will send me 12 legions of angels to protect me? But then how shall the scriptures be fulfilled? Therefore, we must suffer it. How shall the scriptures be fulfilled? They meant so much to Jesus that he went to a cross. I know they teach that he died for you. He loved you that much. I believe that. But I also know this scripture. You'll find it in two or three of the Gospels. That Jesus went to the cross that the scriptures would be fulfilled about him. They meant that much to him. They should mean that much to us. Do they mean that much to you? Or do you love your church group more than the scriptures? Think about this, because to love your church group when they've set up something that is not in the Bible is to live in idolatry. And Paul said, they who do this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So you cannot afford to be found or to even be in a church group where scripture is omitted or denied by their actions. There just isn't any way to do this. Tomorrow we'll look at the subject of those angels that pour the plagues and the vials of wrath of God upon this earth during the Great Tribulation. And we'll look at the angels who justify God, saying, You're holy, for they deserved this, for they killed the prophets.
This is Joan Boney speaking. On our blog, we have every scripture that I've spoken today written out so you can see it in writing, each scripture. You can think about it. If you will go to our blog, which is Jesus Ministries Exhortations, those scriptures are written out for you there. Today's broadcast is the Great Tribulation. You will find those scriptures under that podcast. Again, the blog's name is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.